Hey Sam, I gotta tell you, you are an absolute D-light to work with. Okay, thank you, you are too. You know why? Why? Because your groove, my friend, is in the heart. Let's start the show. Thanks, bro. Hello and welcome to the Drunken United Football Show, a completely biased recap of the English Premier League is pulled by two common American schmucks. I am your host, Sam Houston, and across the way from me is the delovely Samuel Graham. Sammy, how you doing? Not too bad. What's delovely? It's a line from oh. the song, Groove is in the Heart. Oh, I like, thought you, you screwed up the English language I mean, again, sorry. I, I mean, I understand. I mean, I understand <laughs> you probably weren't born when the song came out, but I, was not. I would think you would know the song for crying out loud. I mean, I know the song, but I just thought you screwed up the English language. You have to think about who I'm sitting across from. Oh, Jesus Christ, you are just a shit show. Um, we are recording at Studio H just outside the nation's oh. capital. You can check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Um, the numbers have been moving in the right direction. We got a lot of new listeners, which we really appreciate. Still international. Yep, still international. And um, with that, I mean, it's all thanks to you guys. Thank you very much for checking out us out. Now, we're going to ask a favor of you. We just want you to tell one of your friends about us. And if you have time on uh, whatever platform you're using, give us a quick rate and write us a review. We're not going to know what we're doing wrong unless you tell us what we're doing wrong. So, um, Sammy, the socials have been doing really well, too. Um, yeah. So why don't you tell the people how they can get in touch also, with us? Also, disclaimer, just because you tell us we're doing something wrong doesn't mean we're going to change it. But it'll provide a platform for us to banter back and forth. It'll be a lot of fun. So get in touch and let us know. Uh, at um, DU Football Show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And DUFootballShow at gmail.com uh, for your emails. Excellent. Sam and myself both work in the wine and spirits industry. We both have a deep, passionate love for distilled spirit. So as the red-blooded Americans we are, we vow to have a drink in our hand during this show and every show. Sammy, what are we drinking tonight? So today we have Second Glance American Whiskey uh, from the Savage and Cook Distillery in California. Um, This is from winemaker Dave Finney. He's a very world-renowned winemaker, to be honest with you. Um, And this is his first foray into brown spirits. Um, An excellent, excellent whiskey. Good drink. Uh, it, you'll, so, you'll enjoy it every sip. Um, well, uh, the term American whiskey, that's pretty generally kind of a wide open category. You don't really know exactly what the mash build is because m- most people, when you think of American whiskey, you think of like, you know, early times, the Kentucky gentleman, the stuff on the bottom shelf. That's, you know, kind of like for the old hardened veteran. Um, but what you don't know is, is because of the, if any instance you don't use a predominant grain, a.k.a. bourbon, rye, or wheat, or you use a used barrel because you have to use a new barrel, it just falls under the moniker American whiskey. So, Sammy, what's the uh, mash build on this guy? So on this one, it is 95% corn, which would qualify for bourbon, uh, 4% rye, and 1% malted barley. However, they don't use a brand new American oak barrel. They use a used bourbon cask. Um, So it still is white American oak, but... To be bourbon, it has to be first fill, and it's not. So what you tend to find, or at least what I find in this, is that it's um, a little bit softer, not as pronounced sweet, but it's still really quaffable, really easy drinking. It's a great little whiskey. Yeah, it is. And uh, the other thing about this whiskey, real quick, too, is he finishes it, Dave Finney finishes it in his um, in his Napa Valley wine casks from his various projects. Mm-hmm. Um, so you do get... And, as you said, you don't get that upfront sweetness uh, like you do from a, a regular bourbon whiskey. It does allow those darker fruits to stand out from the wine barrel. Well, and as uh, whiskey as a whole is starting to uh, grow in success, there's the opportunity to experiment more. So you're starting to see more and more people not just using um, American wine barrels or technically they're French wine barrels that have uh, American wine aged in them but using things like sherry barrels and port barrels and things yeah, of that nature absolutely. in the American whiskey foray, which is, has always been for a very long time more an Irish slash Scottish thing to do, not necessarily an American thing to do. So it's kind of fun to, uh, you know, when, when you see the word just American whiskey on the bottle, um, when you're looking at it at the shelf on, on a shelf in a liquor store, you just got to read a little bit more on it. Or, I mean, in most instances, whip out your phone. You can find out everything you need to know about that bottle yep. within 30 seconds. And also, there should be a fairly knowledgeable person working there. Hopefully. If there if there isn't, you probably want to consider 
you know, go into a different liquor store. Sure. You know, if you want to give you, if you're going to give your hard earned money to somebody, you'd like to know that they actually give a damn about what you're buying, right? Yep. And to let you know, I normally do this. I didn't get a chance earlier. It's coming in an 88 proof or a 44% by volume. All right. What's this going to run on the shelf? Uh, you're looking right around forty nine ninety nine in that sort of range. Right, that's a, that's that's pretty industry standard for yeah, most. I teams. mean, give or take a few bucks. Yeah, uh, you'll on see, this one. You'll normally see thirty thirty five ninety nine, forty four ninety nine. That's pretty normally where the number numbers hang. So, uh, all right, Sammy, let's have ourselves a great show. You too. Well, let's get right into it. Uh, we're recording on Sunday. We just finished watching uh, Manchester City versus Liverpool. Um, a bit surprising, a little bit more of a chess match as we saw a nil-nil draw. Yeah, it was. Um, this was more a game for the football nerds out there, yeah, like myself. But um, I was very entertained. And despite the lack of chances, both teams only having two shots on goal, um, you could say uh, that this one was still a very entertaining nil-nil draw. There was still drama. There were still you know, substitutions, an injury, uh, a penalty call. Yeah, all these sorts of you know various things that happen throughout a match um, to keep you entertained and to keep you going, but you were on the edge of your seat the whole time, in my opinion. Yeah, it looked like they, um, you know, Liverpool at the start of both halves, the beginning of the game and the second half, came out really furious and really put yeah, the screws to City. But within about ten minutes, City turned around and did the exact same thing to them. Um, neither side really able. I mean, obviously they weren't able to crack the net, but it just didn't seem like. Either side, despite the pressure, it never really felt like, oh, they're about to put one in the back of the net here. Yeah, I mean, Liverpool put a few crosses into the box, but I mean, Firmino's the only one that's going to be any good in the air anyway. But so Mane and Salah, yeah, good crosses, but for that defense, pretty routine stuff to be able to, to, to repel them. Um, so there was never really a clear-cut opportunity uh, for either side. Um, but I, I do personally think that Liverpool created more of the chances. They definitely had more crosses into the box and more opportunities to have something happen uh, until, of course, the penalty call uh, late in the game, which Mares promptly blazed over the bar uh, for no apparent reason. Yeah, I um, um, one thought to that. Um, you're right in saying that Liverpool certainly bossed more of the play. I also think that City came in and Pep wasn't going to push the issue this time, knowing that they've burned them three out of four games last season. Well, yeah, and I we, think he knew he was, I'm going to play a defensive game, and they did that in spades. Their defense was phenomenal. Yeah, them. and to that point, what did we say last week when uh, Liverpool faced Chelsea away from home? You know, the bigger club away from home is just trying to nick a point. Right. Now, once you go back to your place, you're looking to win it. Absolutely. Now, um, you mentioned the penalty. I don't think there's any debate that it was a penalty. Not that, not that Virgil didn't have a chance to... If he had gotten a foot on the ball, it wouldn't have it been would a penalty. Have been it, it would have been a perfect tackle. But he, he went for the he went for the ball, completely missed it, and got both of Asane's legs, and that was that was it. It oh, was, yeah. it was no doubt a penalty. No definite penalty. Um, there was it, there was no touch of the ball. We didn't see a touch of the ball real time, mm-hmm. and just confirmed it on the slow mo replay uh, that we're you know have the privilege of having. Uh, confusion on who the hell was going to take the penalty. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Aguero off. Now, I mean, naturally, it's always Aguero, and Aguero's well, off the, the pitch. Yeah, that's the thing. And uh, Gabriel Jesus stepped up and was standing on the spot waiting for the ball to be given to him. And it looked like uh, the players were looking at the bench, and then Mares comes up and says, and, you know, points over towards the area and says, hey. A la Kevin Morales versus West Brom yeah. for us. Just, no, I'm taking it. He says, hey, I'm, you know, Pep wants me to do it. Uh, and uh, takes over and blazes over. Uh, the, the the commentators were fabulous. They were like, I could think of like five other people I'd rather have take that penalty. Yeah, he said he wouldn't even be in the top five of people to take penalties. I, I, why not David Silva? I, you would think the guy who pulls the strings knows how to pick a pass, not going to be pressured at all. Yep. You know, he's played for the Spanish national team. He's played in World Cups. He's yep. he's won champions. Like, the man knows what he's doing. You would just think Absolutely. he'd step up to the spot and just... Honestly, just passing into well, and, a corner. And the other thing is, is on the face of it, you pay somebody to score goals. That's their job. That's your center forward, right? They should be able to hit from 12 yards one-on-one with a goalkeeper. So and on the very face of it, screw who else is around. Yeah. Your center forward should be taking your penalties. Yeah, that's Period. what Harry Kane and, does. Romelu Lukaku does. Exactly. Like, you know, unless, unless exactly. it's a quote-unquote. Lacazette or, uh, Lacazette or Aubameyang. Right, if it's ours. a 
quote-unquote set-piece specialist. So um, he's not on the field as much anymore, but Leighton Baines, who's a left-back for Everton, used to take all the free kicks, all the corner kicks. Well, he was the one who took all the penalties. Right. But but that was laid out beforehand. I'm just saying, on the face of it, you think, hey, my center forward's here. Boom, get it done. Right, put it away. Yeah, and Um, that didn't happen. It was very odd. It was funny. um, As the game was going on, it hit the uh, 80th minute, and I looked at you, and I go, well, I guess they're just going to play it out to a draw. And then I guess they must have heard me because then it went <laughs> frantic for the last yeah. 10 minutes yeah. trying to trying to find one. And then once it got into stoppage time, you could just tell City was like, okay, we're reserved with the point. Yeah, I mean, you and, look at the Ederson free kick towards the end there. I mean, he literally walked 30 yards to get the ball. Yeah. Walked the ball a further five yards at a very slow pace. Set the ball down neatly. Backed up, you know, and took his time with that. And then finally let the free kick go, which didn't amount to anything. Nobody was really going for it. Ran out for a goal kick, but used the rest of stoppage time. Is this two points lost for City, or is this a point gained? Really, for both teams, I think it's a point gained. Okay. Um, now there's three teams on 20 points, so nobody really... I mean, obviously, goal differential moves you around, but nobody relinquished the lead, per se, uh, in the league. Um I think Liverpool could have been got at. You know, they had a couple players playing out of position, uh, had an early injury. Yeah, but Gomez really did well. Oh, he did well. very well. He yeah, did no, really well. He, he did very well, but he's not naturally a, a right back. Why on earth um, would you put Lovren in the starting lineup in this kind of a match? Hashtag best center back in the world. Hashtag Croatia. Uh, yeah, yeah. Who And, and who said that? Uh, Dejan Lovren said, said that. about himself, right? <laughs> After the World Cup final, I believe it was. Yeah, but he, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, he looked all right. I, I, that was just very surprising to me. Yeah, he did um, He did a job for a change, which last season he wasn't really prone to doing. Right. Um, he was the glaring mistake man last year. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he came in today. He was solid. And I think a lot of it has to do with Virgil van Dyke next to him. So um, this, this result, um, who does it benefit more? Does it benefit... City more, Liverpool more, or does it benefit somebody else more? Well, it obviously benefits Chelsea more. Um, That's what I was hinting at. Yeah, and the fact that they're now level on points with both of them. Um, I think it also benefits Arsenal and Tottenham. Absolutely. Now we're within two points uh, of of those clubs. Uh, And back in the conversation, which I'll hold my hands up now, as much as I love my Gunners, they're not going to win the title this year. Right. As I see it currently. And nor will Tottenham. How, no, definitely but, not but, Tottenham. But but they're in the conversation right now. As a pundit and a staunch Tottenham hater, they will not win the title. Yeah. As both my biased self and my, you know, trying to do this show self, they will not win the title for sure. I'm surprised they're hanging around this long. I know. Um, I am too. You're going to see a big injury come at some point. They, they, they truly look knackered uh, at the end of every game. Even this week, as we'll get into shortly, Cardiff gave him a hell of a time. Yeah, well, and and I don't want everybody to think, I mean, obviously, I'm going to be slanted against Liverpool because I'm an Everton fan, and Sam's going to be slanted against uh, Tottenham as an Arsenal fan. But for, for me, I mean, honestly, I kind of like like watching Spurs, you know, do well because it brings Sam so much pain and sorrow. <laughs> and and even I have to admit they're like uh, I don't see where it's going to happen this year. So, but let's let's get let's get back to the more important thing. Yeah. Um, this I think really was big for City, and it was just a little bit of muscle flexing to remind Liverpool, don't just think the title's being handed to you. Right. We had a historic season. We are one of the best teams in Europe. Yep. And we're going to come into your place, and we're going to show you that. Yeah, and and as as we were saying, away from home, the big teams are trying to nick a point, right? So City came in and did the job exactly as they were supposed to do. Yeah. Now let's see what happens at the Etihad in the return fixture next year. Yeah. That's that, at the beginning of the calendar year, is what I'm saying. Yes, I got you. You, yeah. you can't, you know, speak. Make sure. I got you. It's no problem. We're good. We're just going to go ahead and let this tail spin into the end of yeah, this segment. Not? Let's do it. Dear sweet baby Jesus, no malort again this week for both of us. We've been pretty lucky lately. I love football this week, Sammy. Me too. I know. Good Lord. Both of our respective squads won. First off, Arsenal putting a thumping on Fulham, 5-1. Although, 
Fulham got their stupid goal that we predicted. Yep. And uh, Everton, I would like to uh, get credit for calling it spot on, beat Leicester City 2-1. to one. Uh, Sammy, first, let's talk about your boys. It was a great game. Uh, first half was a little, eh, little shaky, a <laughs> little nerve-wracking. Um, and we did let in that goal-winning level at the break. You know, wasn't wasn't great. Uh, but we came out the second half a totally different side and just put the stones to them. I mean, there's no two ways about it. They had no answer for anything we did. Uh, a couple of great uh, great goals, great movement. Um, we just we dominated play. It was brilliant. When is Emery just going to realize that the two strikers need to play as two forwards up top and just let them play well, for the last, every game yeah. starting all the time? That's for the just last, what it has to be. For the last couple of weeks, he has. Um, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, who started the match on the bench, um, actually was sick, had an illness this okay. week, and uh, missed our uh, Europa League game in Azerbaijan on Thursday. Mm-hmm. So I think it was more just he needs to – Probably can't give you a full 90 minutes, Ooh. and I'd rather bring him in to change the game than I would start him off and have to sub him in 30, you know? First off, um, credit to you for nailing the uh, name of that country, because I know I can't, so I'm not even going to try, but that's, for for the for those of you who don't know geography, that's basically in the Middle East. It's like essentially south yeah. of Russia, kind of above Syria kind of area, like, yeah. that is a hike for a Thursday game to then oh, yeah. come back on Sunday. Absolutely. That's well, that for, is practically flying across the United States that that is. Yep. And not for Mkhitaryan though because Armenia and Azerbaijan have such uh, political tension right now mm-hmm. that um they wouldn't give him a visa to come in and play. Wow. So and Arsenal decided not to press the issue uh, and they just had Mkhitaryan miss the match. Wow, that is yep. too There's normally you can appeal to UEFA to have some sort of, you know, kind of leniency granted for sporting reasons. Um, obviously, he's not there on a political mission. He's not trying to visit. You know, it's his job to go there and play. Uh, but they didn't have to do that. Um, they decided not to push that issue and, and appeal for that, you know, sort of, you know, kind of sporting leniency mm-hmm. and uh, just left them at home. What you're worried about, 3-0 uh, in that game, doesn't matter anyway. So, um, all right, Gunner fan, Emery, the right guy for the job? Is the system working? It looks is this like it. Figuring out? It looks like it. We still looked a little shaky at the back. Um, gave up another eh goal. Yeah, and that goal was because Nacho Monreal gave the ball away. Uh, but there was a few times, a few chances they had, especially in that first half, where we gave the ball straight to Jean Michael Seri or um, Andre Sherla uh, or Vieto a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And um, we're going to need to fix that. But Leno looks the business. Uh, he had a great stop early on. Uh, you know, kind of shot came in, he anticipated, crouched down, took a deflection. He had to leap back up, and uh, German Cat got it. Nice. That's brilliant. Well done. Um, the, you were talking about the goals. The uh, goal that Ramsey scored was brilliant. Okay, I'll let you get to that, but I also want you to include the end where everybody's celebrating and what the one person's doing because you just it's brilliant so oh, go yeah. ahead and talk about the goal itself. Uh, so that was on Lacazette's second goal um was it I'm sorry it was Ramsey's goal it was it was Ramsey's goal you're right it was Ramsey's goal um so the great play happens which we'll come on to but uh the entire team essentially except Bird Leno because he's you know 120 right. yards away and one other person the other goal uh Crowds in the corner and hugs on everybody for the job they did. Well, the camera pans to Lucas Torreira, who just runs over to Emery, grabs a water bottle, and is talking to him about the next play and what, how we should line up and what's going to happen. You know, it's like, come on, got a job to do. He, They're not scoring again. I know love what? that little bulldog. He is not he's an English. Man. He's yeah. not an Englishman, but he's got an old Englishman soul. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That guy might be exactly the piece your team has absolutely. been missing. We just hey. look so much more balanced with him in the side. And he protects the back four very well. Yeah. Now we again we still give up a chance or two, but um but we look so much more together and in control with him on the pitch. physical, mean, take the match to you. He's only got one focus. That yeah. focus is get the ball. I'm gonna get, get the, the ball, ball and get stop you. And that's it. That's yeah. like don't you I mean Rams Ramsey scores a back heel goal on a ball that gets one touched all the way down the field from yeah. from so, your defensive end. Right. And he's just like, eh, 
I need some yeah. water. Coach, what are we doing next? <laughs> so Lacazette gets played a ball halfway between our box and midfield as an outlet. Right? right. Off, I believe it was a full free kick or throwing or something. He has one touch back to Ramsey. Kind of put him in a little bit of trouble. Not a great pass. Ramsey kind of dinks the ball up over the on-rushing defender, moves his body around him. Lacazette gathers, one touches uh, on a side foot volley up to the streaking Hector Bellerin, who then one touch back heals it to Aaron Ramsey, who continued his run, heads the ball, creates distance from his defender, ball bounces, he heads the ball again, which was the only person that took two touches in this move, to Henrik Mkhitaryan, who turned and just put a slide rule pass to uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, who had come on, who was running down the left-hand side, who then first time crossed it to Ramsey, who kept running, jumped in the air, legs spread, touches it with the inside of his left foot, uh, and just kind of flicked it to the far post, dribbles right in the back of the net. Oh, what you worried about? Nasty. <laughs> what you worried about? <laughs> Honestly, vintage Arsenal. That's a vintage uh, Arsenal goal. That's brilliant. That's I, I, it's, so, it's what makes it what makes me despise your team, and it's what makes you love your team. Absolutely. It's just what they do brilliantly. So you had Ramsey once, Lacazette once, Bellerin once, Ramsey two times, Mkhitaryan once, Aubameyang once, Ramsey once again. Eight, tur- t- eight touches down the field, three of which were by one person. And Lucas Torreira's on the sideline going, what's next? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Five seconds, right? Five, seven seconds, eight touches, three of which were by one player. Ball's in the back of the net. Torreira's getting instructions. Love it. Love everything about it. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and get into the uh, Everton win at uh, the King Power, which... Surprising, they typically don't do well at the King Power. Yeah, we did have the benefit of West Morgan being sent off. Yeah, I, you know, um, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. It was, it was ultimately justified, not necessarily maybe because of that foul. Yeah, he just never let off of. Well, I'll screw it. We'll go ahead and talk about it I'll now. Give you that. He never let off Richarlison. Yeah, it was every time he had an opportunity, he knocked him around. And about ten minutes prior, there was a ball on the sidelines that West Morgan just went through Richarlison. Richarlison hits the deck. And the ref walked right up to him. You know the conversation he had. Yep. He said, last one. Yeah, no This more. is it. No more. Next one, one, I'm giving you another yellow, yep. and you're gone. And f- within minutes, he goes through him on a ball, and it's like, uh, you you did it to yourself. Um, yeah, I, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, not so much the, um, the, the 10 men, because ultimately – a good club, ten men tends to energize you to go. Oh, we're gonna and lock it in, right? Yeah, we're gonna true. we're gonna get it done. And and Leicester's a good club. They they are. They I mean, Christ's sakes, they've won Recently they've won, won the title, one more yeah. Premier League title than than my club has. You know, yep. Um, and one more than Liverpool too. Just ah, to know. Um, that's a dick. <laughs> of course it is. But in, in that moment, I liked what Marco Silva did with um, his substitutions. He brought on. Schenk Tosin, uh, which, by the way, Richarlson started at the top for this match. Hmm. Um, and we'll talk about that in a moment. I want to finish with uh, this thought. He brings on Tosin, uh, removes uh, Davies from the match, which was more of a defensive midfielder, lets Sigurdsson fall back where there was more space in the field, and that ended up resulting in the second goal, which was by Gilfie and Hulk. Crap, that was nasty. <laughs> it was. Uh, if you remember Sturge's goal for Chelsea last week, this was the same thing from Gilfie's right foot where it was from Sturge's left foot. Yeah. However, Gilfie had a little bit more to do uh, showing the young boy, James Mad- uh, Madison. <laughs> I was about uh, to say, yeah, who was covering him? Sending him chasing shadows. That boy uh, just learned a valuable life well, lesson right he, there. He's gonna need to. He's gonna need to watch that game tape. Yeah, again. ball came in and he just did a quick little lean one way with the body, spin the other way with the ball. Took one touch and just noticed Schmeichel was a few steps too many off the line and just did this nice little float. Went right over top of him and just settled in nicely in the back corner. That was brilliant. So um, back over to um, the change in the lineup. Yep. Um, Richarlison can play striker and they decided to go ahead and move him up there. Because in midweek, despite the unfortunate loss and shootout to uh, Southampton in the League mm-hmm. Cup, which eliminated us, um, Bernard started um, and played a magnificent game. So they decided to move Bernard to the outside that Richarlison was at and moved Richarlison up top. And then 
within 10 minutes of the game, Bernard down the line, puts a cross right across, and Richardson put the Brazilians link up perfectly. Yeah, that was great work also from the EPL's resident heroin addict lookalike. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, train spotting. Hashtag train spotting. Yeah, hashtag train spotting. Uh, that he bought from Manchester City's goalkeeper, Ederson, with that big neck tattoo in a very <laughs> odd spot. Um, <laughs> Looks he, like he sold him the hair on. And, and here's the thing. Um, still no Mina. Hasn't played yet. Still yep. getting fit. Yep. Gomez hasn't played yet. Still getting fit. Yep. Oh, it, Silva's going to have options. Oh, yeah. This team is starting to figure out how to score. Yep. And you're getting deeper. As you said, with, with more and more people starting to get fit, you've got Jagielka coming back as well. Uh, could be an option to shore things up late on. Right. Um, I'd worry about the way in which... Uh, Keen was turned inside out by uh, Pereira as he um, as he sprinted in. He it was John. It was actually play. John Joe Kenny, the kid. Oh, it was Kenny. Yeah. Got, okay. And and, Col- and Coleman's about to come back. I got you. He's I about two weeks Keen away. Was, well, uh, hold on, was... hold on. There, wait, there's an international break. If please, for the love of Christ, I hope Seamus Coleman is already hurt and can't play for Ireland right. because if he <laughs> plays, he'll just get hurt again. again. Yeah. <laughs> um, it seems to always happen, doesn't it? Yeah. So I think. I think Everton's starting to find their form, and I think we saw a match that's going to see two teams that are going to finish in the top half. They're going to get some upsets here and there Absolutely. against uh, against other squads, and yep. you know, I mean, it was it was it really good. Ma- I mean, just that was a fun, entertaining match. It's now unfortunate it was on gold, so not many people got to see it. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the, the Tottenham a, the Tottenham match was a little dull, and yeah, there were o- multiple overall, matches that would have been better to see. But that's another topic. Overall, if you want to, you know, kind of the Super Sunday matchup from today versus this game, I would have rather watched Everton Leicester. Yeah, uh, Everton Leicester, um, uh, Watford Palace. I would have rather watched uh, um, Bournemouth uh, put the uh, boots to Watford. I mean, all three of those mm-hmm. games were at the ten o'clock hour, and they were far superior games to the Tottenham-Cardiff match. Yeah, I mean, just on paper, I'm not sure what NBC Sports is doing in this country, but on paper, you know, that domination that appeared to, you know, get ready to be played out should not have been on television. I mean, what's the point? Right. If you want to bring viewers to the television set, you would think, let's let's show the really intriguing matches. You know, I mean, like, Cardiff has been on NBC Sports more than Everton has, and it's only because Cardiff keeps playing the really good teams, and the really good teams tend to dominate the coverage. Granted, there's probably already a built-in audience coming to watch those, but if the overall idea is, like, especially after a World Cup year, you're trying to bring in new viewers, right? show a whole picture. Let everybody learn a little bit about everything. Let everybody learn about Brighton. Let people learn about Watford. Let people learn about the Foxes. These are teams that are worth seeing. uh, In terms of that, but you look at that top six, Liverpool, Manchester United, Arsenal, uh, all have American ownership. Hmm. You yep. also have Tottenham, where at minimum, the NFL has paid a boatload of money for their stadium, uh, because that's going to be one of the other venues in the UK where they show the NFL games. Future um, home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> the London Jaguars. <laughs> um, so the idea... I don't know if they own a stake in the club as well, uh, but it wouldn't surprise me to learn that they do. Yeah. So you figure those four teams dominating, and then City's just the the reigning champions. They're going to be on television. That's just the way it works. Well, I'm sure there's uh, much smarter people than us that know, you know, far more than we do. We're just two dumb schlubs that are just going to bitch and moan about it. Here's the other American tie. City has the New York. Uh, New York City FC. Right. That's so the City well. Football Group, who owns Manchester City, has a stake in American sports mm-hmm. and a tie there. So you you see these things play out in the top six. Like I've, Arsenal only has three games on gold all year. You know, um, and I think part of that, yes, we're a decent team, at least probably good after this round of results. But um, but with the American ownership, you got to wonder if that has something to do with the NBC. You know, in this country, uh, with what games are chosen to be shown yeah i just think nbc got it wrong this time i agree so in this week's installment of oh so that happened chelsea as we brought as i predicted beat southampton 3-0 i got the game right there's not the score tottenham in a incredibly ugly match beats cardiff city 1-0 uh bournemouth puts the boots to watford 4-0 wolves beat palace 1-0 
Burnley and Huddersfield uh, have a scoring draw. And on the Friday Night Lights game, which turned out to be a damn lively match, yeah. Brighton beat West Ham 1-0. Uh, Sammy, uh, we're not going to talk about all of them. Why don't you uh, pick and choose what, what you would like to talk about? All right. So, real quick, Southampton-Chelsea, uh, nothing doing. Very easy. Basically a training game. There was three chances for Southampton. They could have done something. They didn't. End of story. Great piece of skill from Giroud, though. Oh, on uh, the second goal. Just want to mention that. Uh, Kepa, Kepa made a couple of great saves, too. And, he uh, had a couple good ones, and but really, it was always comfortable. Could could this be the resurrection of uh, Ross Barkley? He's starting to look like he did when he was Scored with Everton. Today. Scored and had uh, Hazard's assist. Yep. Um, um, Tottenham, Cardiff, not a lot to be said. Tottenham really should have turned a screw a little bit more uh, and finished Cardiff off. They did have a few chances, Cardiff. Um, yeah. which was surprising because, uh, again, as we just mentioned, on paper, this game should never have been on television, but it was. Larice made a huge gaffe um, the, in the middle of the week against Barcelona that led to a goal in the Champions League. Yeah. Didn't the, the ball that got cleared off the line by his defense was definitely him on a stutter step that allowed the shooter the opportunity to put it in. Yeah. And then let's, you know, not forget he had a monster gaffe in the, uh, in the World, World Cup, Cup final. Yeah, he's he's starting and to get a little brazen. It's getting uh, a little it's getting a little shaky on him. Yep, for sure. I mean, everybody thinks of Neuer as the original sweeper keeper. It was Neuer and him. They yeah, they are the original, yeah, you're right. Absolutely. They are the original sweeper keepers, but yeah, he's he's it, it's a little fragile right now for him and Michel Vorm is not the answer. No. I mean, they have a younger keeper. I, I forget should, his name, but he like he should play. Yeah, it's it's not not over Loris necessarily, but he should play in place of Bourne for sure. Yeah, that's that's concerning to to go along with fitness, health, injuries, the the whole you didn't sign anybody in the uh, transfer window. I it's just there's there's a lot of questions about Tottenham, and I love the overall build of the team, and I like what Pochettino's done. I feel like this season may have already gotten away from them before they even have a chance. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, you're worried about now maybe falling down to 6-7, uh, yeah. potentially. If you get a bad injury here or there, you could be in trouble. We can beat them. Everton can beat them. Oh, for sure. Leicester can beat them. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. We, yeah. we can beat them. Um, Wolves Palace, not a lot really. You know, it was a good game. Chances at either side. But, again, a hard luck losers, as you alluded to last week uh, with Palace. Wilfred Zaha wasn't really at the races. Um, just one of those things. Uh, you know, it's a long season. It's a really long season. But I think 18th place right now, if you put a gun to my head, it's Southampton and Palace battling for it. I don't be. feel as nervous about Newcastle as I do, even though they're further down the table, as I do about Southampton and Palace. Yep. And Palace, I really honestly think that they could end up being in 18th place. And we just look at it and go, how did they go down? Yeah. Because they, exactly. they 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 were they were good they hustled they worked it's yep. it's almost like Burnley the couple of times that they came up and back down and up and back down where you're like man they played too good to go down or like the year whole city where their manager quit on them the opening game of the season and then the whole season they just they played their tails off and well, you're that like, was Marco Silva yeah that's where he yeah, made yeah, his yeah. reputation yeah that's, they gave thanks. everybody well, a game well, yes yeah. Steve Bruce he, quit right like two days yeah, before Bruce the season quit. started yeah. and it's like it's like yeah it just too good to go down, but yep. I can't help but think, like, right now, they're going down. Correct. Um, Huddersfield Burnley, not a lot in it. It just was an ugly kind of – I thought Burnley was going to continue their goal, spo- uh, goal scoring exploits, but they didn't. Burnley got um, their one nothing lead. I yep. thought game, set, match. When I saw it. that screen pop yeah. up, with the score pop up uh-huh. on the screen, I was like, oh, it's over. I mean, Huddersfield found a way, so credit to them. You know what Huddersfield has done? They have safely secured 19th place instead of 20th place with that point. Yeah, well, they you're exactly right. They've also, you know, started doing um, – they've created more chances, mm. but they're still giving up so many. Um, and it, it just is what it is. And, uh, you know, uh, almost the perfect segue uh, into Watford because that season you spoke about with Hull yeah. City, Marco Silva then became the Watford manager and really made his name, and then Everton turned his head. Uh, <laughs> last season. Um, but hey, goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. The bitch is back. No Bournemouth shit. wins away from home. Sorry, Elton <laughs> John. Uh, 4 0 against Watford. I they, know. When, there when was did a, Bournemouth there was start card. scoring on the road? I know. There, there was a red card. Well, an accumulation uh, of yellows. But, um, 
but Bournemouth really did. They uh, it was a very rare away win, but they dominated that match. I, I gotta say, we, we, circling back to the sending off. Um, I mean, the first foul on the keeper. Yes, it's absolutely a yellow card. And then the penalty. Yes, it's a foul. Both players were really grabbing and tugging at each yeah. other just outside the box. That's typically just a penalty, not a card. I yeah, think Watford sure was, was really, a little hard done by yeah, that I'm one. I'm not sure it was really worthy of a second yellow. Uh, maybe the positioning of the defender coming from behind a little bit right? maybe made that decision, but uh, it's, I feel like Watford might be a little hard done. Well, and um, it, Either way, Bournemouth capitalized and just went to town after that. Right. Well, and as you know, I've um, deemed them the kings of the first five games of the season every year. Yep. Um, we're past the first five games, and we're starting could to see be, them lose. Yep, could be the start um, of their collapse. Is, is this when we see them, you know, promptly finish in 12th place like they normally do? Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see. They um, Their forwards are very streaky, uh, and if you can't score goals, we've said it time and time again with Cardiff and Huddersfield, if you can't score goals, you can't win games. That's true. Very true. So, um. It basically depends on if they decide whether or not, you know, they want to be in a slump. No success for them. No success <laughs> for them. Oh, Isaac Iyahe's out? Uh, no, no, I'm just saying in general. Oh, no sorry, success. I got confused. Yeah, now. it's very easy to get confused on that, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy, answer me this question. Okay. How do you solve a problem like Mourinho? You fire him. Manchester United yeah. 3, Newcastle 2. <laughs> <laughs> you get rid of him. That's what you do. I, it, my. Was a, it was an astonishing performance from Newcastle in that first 45 minutes. And then Newcastle, Newcastle, the best way that Newcastle knows how to do. <laughs> I, I, I told you last week, Manchester United was catching the absolute right team at the right time. Because if this was Cardiff or Huddersfield, not that I would ever expect them to put two on the board, but if that was either one of the two of them, you know what they wouldn't have done? Given away a two-goal lead. Yeah, correct. But the way Newcastle's rolling right now, you just you almost kind of expected it. Yep. Um, but, man, no. I, I mean, there, there's rumors flying around before the match that no matter what the result is, Mourinho's out. At time the, of recording, he's still there. Yes, he is still there. At time of recording, he's still the Manchester United man. And well, I mean, I, I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say that the dramatic win and scoring three goals in the last twenty minutes of the match saved his job. Clearly, saved his job. That being said, I did read in the papers today. Um, well, online, the papers, Facebooks that I follow, mm-hmm. I did read online today that um, it pains me to say Arsene Wenger is being tipped to succeed him. Uh, oh. Although all the chatter prior to the match was on Zinedine Zidane, right? So, that's who. That's who I would think it's going to be. Yeah, it's going to so be Zidane. I don't think Wenger would take a job where he would play Arsenal twice a season at the minimum, um, and I hope that's not the case. It would, you know, hurt badly uh, for our ex-manager of 22 years who built this club into the great force that it is um, to manage against us. Uh, after that, that would that would hurt a lot. So if you're listening, uh, Arsene, please don't take that job. I, I don't think it's him. I You know, sometimes they just, you know, the papers like to throw names out there for a shock value. Yeah, just um, to sell papers. Here's here's or, an interesting clicks. an interesting little stat about um about the English press versus the American press. I mean, now, granted, we have the whole fake news and in and, and the climate we're in, it's a little odd. But with the English press, they can just like a reporter can just go. I heard that. um and Hazard was getting sold to um, Manchester United, and it's going to be for, like, a ham sandwich and 30 cents. Yeah. And he's just allowed to say it, even though it is utter and complete BS. rubbish. It's yeah. a lie. They're just allowed to say that kind of stuff. It's Absolutely. a constant. There was a, a, a joke uh, last year, especially, when a lot of those types of rumors were flying around, that um, uh, on another show that we, we listened to, uh, a great show, that in the offices of the Daily Mirror, for instance, who is known to just throw rumors out for no apparent oh, yeah. reason, that they just have a dartboard of clubs and a dartboard of players. And one journalist, if you want to give them that credit, throws a dart at one board, and then one of his colleagues throws a dart at the other board, and then they have a calculator on the other side. Someone closes his eyes and mashes his hand on it, and that player is going to that club for that amount of money. 
well, they're also they come up with they're the also the ones that had Shakiri going to us, and then all the Liverpool fans were like, "Oh, you're idiots for well, getting them!" Close. And then two days later, he goes to them, and they're like, "Greatest signing ever!" Like it's <laughs> that was at least close. They were only a mile off. The 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 <laughs> the mirror the mirror loves to uh, um, f with Everton on a regular basis. It's yeah, like they do us as well. Seamus Coleman was yeah. leaving twenty times. Leighton Baines was leaving twenty times. Like. You know, okay, we expect certain, like, when Romelu Lukaku had, you know, three seasons in a row of 20-plus goals, yeah, we expect him to probably move on. But it's like, okay, Leighton Baines is a left back that, yes, he plays for the international team, and, yeah, he's a hell of a player, but, like, seriously, he's kind of a custodian of the club. Like, right. you're, and, and they would just love to just throw these stupid, rude, evil, you know, rumors out there all the time. And all of them are, are their lies. They're wrong. It's just... Amazing, but we're getting away from the important thing. Yeah, what I want to talk about football. is football. Um, football. Give give credit where credit is due. Those three goals from Manchester United, all three of them were damn brilliant. And it was not without the lack of effort of Dubrovka trying to save that game because that man had a flat-out brilliant match in the net for Newcastle. Yeah. Jesus, did he make some great saves. He, he did make some great saves. I mean, United did have a lot of chances. For once, they actually cre- created a ton of stuff. Um, the Juan Mata free kick, sublime. There's nothing you can do Nasty. about that. Yeah, there's nothing you can do about that. Um, he beats the wall. He puts it in the near post. He put it exactly at the one spot. You yeah, can't get it. You can't get to it. Ain't nothing um, you can do. The Pogba flick made that To moment. Martial. Oh, and they're both Frenchmen. Uh, they both have featured for the French national team. I'm sure they get on in training, and uh, they have a relationship off the field as well. I would imagine just being countrymen uh, and playing for the same club. Um, that was that was dirty. That was telepathic. I he did. I hate. I hate Paul Pogba. I like just so I do hate I. him. And then he does crap like that, and you're just like, oh yeah, that's right. He is immensely talented. Yeah. Like, he just reminds you, like, oh, yeah, yeah, he is one of the best players yeah, in the I'm, world. I'm very old school in my my thoughts about the flash outside of the game. It's, I, during his play, I didn't care for David Beckham for that reason. Right. Um, but there is no doubting the footballer that they both are in respects to Beckham and, and now Pogba. Right, of course. Um, there's there's no doubting what what they can do with the ball. And uh, Sanchez, Sanchez, like... In a tower of giant, in, in a tower of giants, the ball falls right down to the right guy who heads it perfectly and puts yeah. it away. One of the shortest guys on the pitch, um, but and the ball he, found him. He times everything brilliantly, Alexis Sanchez. Yeah. It, you know that's what he did for us. Scored a few headers as well, doing the same thing. Just times his his leaps and jumps and puts himself in in good positions. There's you know not a lot you could do about it. It's the wrong day for both of us who. And everything you said about us hating other clubs and kind of liking each other's rivals just so each other's mad. Right. We both find solace in hating Manchester United equally as much. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, well, Sam. Especially you... one of my former players coming up and bagging the winner when probably could have got Jose Mourinho fired. <laughs> it uh, so, just kind of hurt a little so bit. So, Sam, um, I'm, I'm sure you've heard this one before, but I'm going to go ahead and tell it to you. You know, there's three teams with a curse word in their name. Okay. So the first one would be Arsenal. Arse, Arse. right? Yeah. Um, Scunthrop. We're not going to say the word, but the I think word. I think you can figure it out. Right. And fucking Man United. Correct. <laughs> that's your three teams. And that's what most people uh, would say is the only team with a curse word in their name. <laughs> exactly. So um, I, we're bouncing all over the place, but I do want to go back to the first half because... I'd be remiss if I wasn't to say that this game could have easily been three or four nothing. There was right. a monstrous, just monstrous reaction save from uh, David De Gea on the line from the header from oh, yeah. uh, Muto. I mean, wow! Another short player. What are these center backs you want to talk, doing? You want to talk about He's some, Japanese? That that's some real quick fat skills right there, man. I'll tell you that right now. And and then. Um, one can debate that there was also a handball at the other end of the pitch on Newcastle, but Correct. but the handball on the free kick from John Joe Shelby into the box with um, Ashley Young, yes. there is no doubt. That it, and they called it a goal kick. Like, he moved yeah. out of the way, 
He threw his arm in the air. It hit his arm, and it went out of bounds. Yep. And they called a goal kick. Yeah, at minimum, like, it should have been a corner. Uh, but probably should have been a penalty. That's, that's France. That's France. Croatia bad right oh, yeah. there. I mean, that is now, terrible. That being said, um, Newcastle will be encouraged by the performance. Um, they haven't been scoring goals of late, and to go to Old Trafford and do what they did against a normally, you know, fairly staunch defense um, is great. And Kennedy to be back on the score sheet after the couple of, you know, weeks he's had lately of, of completely anonymous performances. Uh, they'll be encouraged by that. And again, as you alluded to earlier, that's why we're not really worried about Newcastle. And they I got, think they'll they've gotten right. all the big guys out of the way. Yeah, they've had a, a, a tough start to the season. They're going to uh, be all right. To their fixture list. R- R- Rafa's too good of a coach, despite despite what Mike Ashley is doing. And I, I guess buying pasta fixes everything, apparently. Taking yeah. them out to an Italian dinner. <laughs> Italian, yeah. um, for those you don't know. Buy the, reinforcements. The owner, the owner took the whole team out for dinner. It's like, I don't know, maybe improve the training grounds, invest some money into the club, do anything. But, hey, nah, look, I bought a bowl of spaghetti. Yeah, You'll be okay. Right. You know? Um, so when it comes to Mourinho, when it comes to Mourinho, uh, do we think that it's – I mean, it's got to happen soon. I mean, he's playing um, – You're they're playing Chelsea next after the international break, and then it's Everton at home, and after – after Everton at home, um, that's sandwiched with two games against Juventus in the Champions League, and then they got to go to Bournemouth. And at Bournemouth, ain't an easy game. Nope. They like to score goals. Yeah, like, I don't think the problems are fixed. They still, you know, started off two 0 down here. You yeah. know, I, he's still firmly in the hot seat. And we don't know this week. You know, as the international break, that gives United, as a club, almost two full weeks to find a replacement. They very well may can him still. We just don't know it yet. You know, he might be safe for now. Hey, we'll give you one more game. You better do something good. It's, so who knows? I, I think I think within the next month, um, if there's the slightest slip, like the slightest slip, they're gone. And and I think they'll give him room with Chelsea. Like if he lost to Chelsea two to one or one nothing, they probably give him a little bit more rope. But if you don't take three points from Everton at home, if they draw you or beat you, I think he's fired. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I mean, they're up to eighth now. Still five points out of the top four. And they've got a negative goal difference. Yeah. That's not the Manchester United I know. And the reason, as I alluded to last week, saying that I'm a, I'm a purist and, I, you know, this shouldn't be happening to Manchester United. I hate their guts and I love this happening to them. I do. Likewise. However, it's like beating a team that's better than you because they have seven injuries. As a as an athlete, as a winner, you want to beat the best. Yeah, I want to beat you when you're at your best. Yeah. Not when I, you're weakened. I don't want a, a, a win that you know you kind of chalk off. I mean I'll take it. You can only play what's in front of you. Right. But the league itself isn't as credible unless the big boys are at their best. And United is clearly not. Well, since it's, it's since Ferguson, they really haven't been, yeah. with the exception of last year where they finished second and they ran into the buzzsaw that was arguably the greatest team in the history of the English Premier League Correct. with City. It's just it's a, it's a shame to see them squandering like this. It's a joy and it's a shame at the same time. I'll put it that way. So now it's time to show you what little we know. It's prediction time. You know, Sammy... Um, paperwork not being our strongest suit. Yeah, you admin, pointed it out last week. Admin. Yeah, admin is really bad. Um, I missed a whole week of um, putting in the scores. Uh, I mean, putting in our, our predictions. So You know what made me think about it was you being so bad at the mats uh, during the show. When yeah. I listened back to it after we released, I said, wait a minute. There's been eight weeks or seven weeks. Right, because so we didn't games, predict the first week. But we didn't predict the first ones. We should be at a, a record of 60 games, and we were only at 50. Yeah, pretty much, and that's it. Um, week four is the one we got wrong, but unfortunately, Sam, this is going to hurt you because it drops you back two points. Because in week four, you went five and five, and I went seven and three. Hey, listen, again, long season, not a problem. You already hear the footsteps. So going into this week, we were at, uh, you were at... 36 and 24. I was at 38 and 22. That's now the correct math. I'm saving this page to be the reference point for when I screw up again, because I inevitably will. Um, 
neither one of us had a particularly good week this week. We got a lot wrong. There's a lot um, of weird games that happened. Well, there, there was actually some good, exciting matches. Like, I mean... You know, a lot of teams that should be right around each other playing each other is right. really what it was. And those, were kind of toss-ups. And they're, and they're hard to pick, like yeah. a la West, West Ham, Brighton, that's Correct. not yeah, uh, yeah. Everton, Leicester. Those just aren't easy games to pick. Yep. So for the week, uh, you went 5-5, five and five, and and I went 6-4. and four. So that is yet another game. So I'm now <laughs> three games ahead of you. Not a problem. Um, you hear the footstep walking away from you Not is what you hear. So you are currently at 41 and 29, and I am at 44 and 26. The important thing to know, people, is is when you listen to us and bet what we say, you make money. We pick yeah. winners. We have all both of us have winning records. Now, now we just need to have the weeks where we start having like one and nines, and <laughs> two and eights, and then that'll come around the Christmas period. Yeah, and, and behind yeah. the curtain, we're gonna figure out a uh, point in time to have a uh, Liverpool's number one fan, uh, uh, Tegan Graham, oh, uh, Sam's lovely daughter, come and here pick uh, pick games as well because we want to prove to everybody that a nine year old can pick games better than we can. <laughs> so that right. ought to be fun as well. And uh, also, I mean, that's something, I mean, if there's a pick we make and you think we are absolute idiots, I know our buddy Rob's done it a few times. My uh, producer just raised her hand to confirm that I'm an idiot. Um, well, I mean, you married this idiot. So what does that <laughs> make you? Um, and now we get to the truth. <laughs> exactly. But uh, uh, I know, way, I know Rob, please Rob subscribe is, to our spinoff podcast. Sam Graham's Therapy Corner, where I help these two work out their issues. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't have time for that. All right. So Saturday early, we find ourselves with a big one. I mean, a legit, really big match. Manchester United heads to the bridge to face Chelsea. Um, if United couldn't handle the pressure of playing Newcastle at home, they will not be able to handle the bridge. I see 2-1 to one to Chelsea. I have two one also for the exact same reasons. Yeah, and but I don't think this is a fireable game for Mourinho. I think if he makes it through the international break, I think he makes it through that. Uh, yeah, he's gonna have to. Yeah, uh, it'll also depend who who uh, gets hurt while they're away. All those sorts of things. You're gonna run into you know it's maybe the, a selection crisis. It's the Champions League's games sandwiched outside of the um, yeah. Everton match. That's those yeah. three games are the games that he hangs himself with. And I would imagine they'll try to bring in the new manager before Bournemouth. Because knowing that Bournemouth isn't an easy place to play. Right. Because if Mourinho still has his job at that point, then that's going to be the game that he loses yeah, his that's job. Be after that draw. I yeah, imagine. exactly. Like a 3-3 three, three draw yeah. where, where Bournemouth scores two in the last 15 minutes with a 3-1 lead to United we'll, we'll, kind we'll of thing. We'll come on to that uh, yeah. after the Chelsea game because we still have to formulate our proper opinions. Exactly. So um, the midday games find uh, the Cherries host uh, Southampton. People, we've told you this once. We've told you this a thousand times. It's at the Vitality. Cherries win 2 nothing. I got 3-1. Very good. Um, so another one. Um, Fulham heads to Malaysia. Oh, no, wait. I mean Cardiff City. Um, I see <laughs> Fulham finally getting off the, off the slide. 2 no window, Fulham. I got 2-1. Oh, um, really simple. Uh, the Citizens host Burnley. Um, I think they're going to be anxious to score goals since they didn't today. I see 4-0 win, despite Burnley's staunch defense. It's at City. It's at City, yeah. I've got 3-0. It's going to be a training game again. They're going to have 85 90% possession. Not going to be a worry. So uh, Brighton's got to head all the way up from the south coast, all the way up to the uh, northeast of uh, England to go to St. James to face an encouraged Newcastle United. Um, I see a scoring draw. I see a 1-1. Ooh, I got 2-1 to Newcastle. I ah. think they'll finally break their duck. Uh, from the last few weeks, and um, and get a win, a much-needed win. So we got ourselves a uh, London Derby as well, um, and we have Tottenham going to West Ham, and I see Tottenham struggling, but I still see him getting points. I see him winning one nothing. Um, so I've got this being, especially at the London Stadium, which <laughs> with all the stuff surrounding the stadium and everything else going on with Tottenham, this was the stadium they were supposed to occupy. Absolutely. So there's added blood in this London derby. Um, West Ham was accused of spying on business conversations that Tottenham was having, uh, bidding on the stadium and those sorts of things. Um, I see this being a 1-1, uh, especially as Spurs players. Five of those players have been named in the England squad alone. 
They're not going to be tired. Not counting the Belgians, not counting the Frenchmen, um, or the Brazilians. Yeah. So I see, uh, I see t- uh, Tottenham being quite tired, uh, as West Ham doesn't have anybody going away, uh, really, uh, of note at least. Maybe Arnautovic, but that's about it. So they're going to be rested, ready to go. I got a 1-1. So in the battle of teams that like to traditionally, because Wolverhampton doesn't currently, wear thick black striped uniforms <laughs> with either orange or yellow, we have Wolverhampton taking on uh, Watford, and I have uh, the Wolves outlasting Watford 2-1. to 2-1, same thing. Um, so the late game on Saturday has Liverpool heading to Huddersfield, I see a beating of epic proportion. Also, because Liverpool didn't score, I see a 5-0 win. Cool. I got 3-0, but same sentiment. Um, so, Sunday only sees one game. So, yay, my team's going to finally be on regular NBC so we can watch us suck. It'll um, still be on NBC, I yeah. Well, like, yeah, on, on the regular, but it'll be on a regular <laughs> network. Not, I don't have to watch it from my iPad, for crying out loud. Correct. So uh, my Toffees head to Selhurst Park, and while it has been a very, very tough place for Everton to play, I I see them winning. They're rolling right now, and, and Palace can't get out of their own way. I see 3-1. to one. I've got a 2-1 for the same exact reason. Wolford Zaha on a counterattack, boom, but you guys comfortably walk out of there. And Monday Night Football is going to see a really good one. Come on. Um, Come on. Two offenses that like to score a ton uh, Arsenal is going to be uh, hosting um, the Foxes of uh, Leicester City. I see a 3-2 to two game. I see I exactly, a ton of goals I going to the Gunners, two, of course. Yeah, I have 3-2 Arsenal also for the same reason. Our defense is going to get picked apart by a Jamie Vardy counterattack probably twice. Yeah, it's what they do. But it's it's not way, a Jamie Vardy counterattack. It's a Jamie effing Vardy counterattack. But the way uh, now that... Our forward line is clicking. I see a score on goals. Oh, yeah. Big time. So, yeah, I got the same exact thing. 3-2 us, um, rolling right along for our 10th straight win. And in the latest edition of I'm Too Old for the Shit, um, Sam, how'd we do this week? Uh, we didn't. We all decided to take the week off and take a 3 0 forfeit because yeah. we're all too old for this shit. <laughs> That's about it. And uh, in all likelihood, and the, the next, and, the, and the next week, the game doesn't matter. So we'll all show up because we got to pay our dues. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll show up. We'll play. We really won't care. We'll drink a ton of beer afterwards. This yep. is that's one of the games where we'll go nice and good, proper, deep after the game is yeah, done sure. drinking. Why not? Oh, um, thank you very much, everybody, for joining us yet again. Uh, Sammy, any parting words? Uh, yeah, we did get an email this week um, from Otis Anderson again, friend of the show. Uh, just want to say that your question is actually going to fit in with our special next week, uh, the finances of football, um, our second international break special that we're going to be doing. Um, so we're going to hold your email, but we will read it out. We will answer your question. And uh, thanks for getting in touch again. Reminder to everybody, it's dufootballshow at gmail.com and at dufootballshow on all your social medias, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thank you so much again for joining us. For Sam Graham, this is Sam Houston. Let's keep up the conversation on the socials and send us your club intro. Don't overthink it. Just, you know, put together a little recording. It doesn't have to be all linked together. Our producer can perform miracles. She does it every week with us. So, absolutely. <laughs> thanks so much, guys. Have a great night. Cheers, y'all.
Hashtag talent. Hashtag who's the dick. Hashtag shit show. Hashtag quick, like hashtag quick fact. Don't f*** quick fact. <laughs> I love it.